Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. We had a fantastic week this week. So this is this is part of this year. Uh, time of year is an annual tradition for my family and I. We do this thing where you know the kids come out at beggars night and and we always give out candy. But we sit on the front porch and, and we we scare kids. We actually scare them and uh, and it's a lot of fun. And this year was no different than that. We actually uh, my kids took off and left me and me and Josh Spicer. We just kind of had a skeleton crew. <laughs> See what I did there? See what I did there? No, it was just the two of us, but we scared kids as they came up on our porch, but unfortunately, we're usually like the scariest house on the block, even though we don't have like major decorations, right? But we've got like a snake that jumps at people and a, and a spider that pounces on their head when they go to get the candy. Like we, we're legit scaring people off our property. It's a lot of fun. The people that won't even come up once they see that snake moving in the grass, they're not even, they're not even coming up. They're like, nope, I'm done. Here's a whole handful of nope. Not going. And, uh, and so uh, they, they would walk away. And I usually have the scariest house on the street. This year, one guy beat me. And it wasn't because of his decorations. He was just out there handing out candy. But he did have a Nickelback album playing in the background. So it's way, way scarier. So amen to that. So, so we're in the middle of this series, and uh, we're going to continue today again with what, what the five things that every kid needs, and uh, next week we're going to do the five things that every parent needs, okay? But uh, you know that as we move forward, we are moving towards our fifth service, or our fifth, fifth week of this, and because uh, this is week three, one more week, and then the fifth one. I tell you that because it's important. The last week, uh, my wife and I are going to be on stage, and Tim Tool and his wife Amy are going to be on stage, and as the pastors, we are going to take your questions. Now, we've done this before in a live format where we took your questions, and that was like nerve-wracking for us. So we are asking for your questions in advance, okay? The way you do this is you go to a website that says scspeaks.com. And that's a SC for simplechurchspeaks.com. And there is a form you can fill out there and submit your question. Now, I am bribing you all for your questions. Whether you have kids or not, I'm bribing you for your questions. Because if I use your question in the service, I will give you a gift card to Chipotle or to Starbucks. So there you go. I'm just putting it out there. And some of you have already let me know what you want. Starbucks, right? But you got to enter to win, okay? 18 and older, California residents are not applicable. You know, that, those kind of things. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't have to be 18 or older. But I do need your questions. So if you'll submit those, uh, we'll, we'll do that that fifth week. That's what the service is going to be all about. We're going to be answering your questions. Okay? So we're really looking forward to that. My wife and I are uh, nervous but excited. So uh, anyway, so all right. So this week what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll take a quick survey just to kind of see where everybody is in regards to parenting. Uh, and um, first, let me ask this. If you just raise your hand if you are an empty nester. You are a parent whose kids have left the house. You are an empty nester. Would you raise your hand? Let us know that you are here. So there's a couple of you guys, right? You guys are, are, all have the cheesy smile on your face because your kids are gone. They are gone, and you are loving life, right? All right, how about, how about boomerang parents? Any boomerang parents out there? That means it's like your kids left, and then they came back unexpectedly. Yeah, all right, so sort of over here. Okay, all right. And then how about anybody, any grandparents in the congregation today? Yeah, all right, so kids love you guys. And parents, we love you too because you take our kids for a while, right? Amen to that. Any new parents out there? Kids that are under age of two? Hello? Oh, you guys are all sleeping, right? You can't even hear me because you're passed out right now? <laughs> Somebody is watching my kid. I am going to sleep. 
I got you. All right. How about here? Anybody here not have kids? Who doesn't have kids yet? Okay. All right. Cool. Now, uh, last question, and this is kind of awkward. Anybody hate kids? Yeah. Okay. There's a few of you guys. All right. Well, that's all right. Look. So, so we have. We're hoping to have a little something for you. And those of you without kids, we love sitting next to you in restaurants because we know it's going to be a peaceful experience. You know. But, uh, but we hope, uh, no matter where you're at in your parenting adventure, we hope that you get something out of this series uh, and, uh, and, and that it's a blessing to you. So, uh, anybody know what this is? Yeah, it's a remote control, right? This little magical stick here has been the, uh, the, the cause of many arguments and many fights in your house, hasn't it? Right? This thing, I would say, used to be, and I say used to, be the most powerful piece of electronic in your house. The number one piece of electronic in your house now is your internet router. You know what I'm saying? But it used to be this thing right here. You were in control, and you still are if you have the remote control, right? Because you get to choose which station to watch, and you get to all do that from like the comfort of a chair. You know, you don't have to get up. You can control the volume. You are in charge of what is displayed in the house when you have this, right? And so, so this, is a, this is an awesome thing. Now, if you are one of those lucky individuals who has gone from just watching TV to DVRing TV, you are now in like spiritual experience mode, right? Because now not only do you get to watch TV, but you can fast forward TV, you can rewind TV, you can pause TV, record TV, whatever you want to, all with this remote control. Now, I do have a point, I promise, and that's why I'm talking about it. The reason I bring it up is because as a parent, you and I have a God-given opportunity to turn up the volume or turn down the volume of things in our kids' lives, right? Like, we, it is our responsibility to turn up the volume of God in their life, the volume of our role as a parent in their life, and the, the volume of other influences in their lives, right? Some of you can look around your life and take inventory really quick, and you go, yeah, there's a few people I would just like to not even turn down the volume. Let's just change the channel on some of those people in my kids' life, right? But we have the power and we have that opportunity to do that in our kids. And so uh, ultimately, we want our kids to look like Jesus, right? We, we all want that. We're not really sure how to do that. And that's kind of what we're here to wrestle about and to go over things. But, but what, is Jesus, what did Jesus look like? Well, Luke 2, 52 gives us a picture of what Jesus looked like. It said, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and all the people. I want to examine that real quick. Jesus grew in wisdom, which means he was educated and developed well mentally. He grew physically because he was healthy. So he grew in wisdom and in stature. It means he grew up, so he was healthy. And in favor with God, which means that he grew spiritually. And with all the people, which means that he grew socially. Can you think of any greater things that you want for your kids? You want them to develop mentally. You want them to develop physically well. You want them to develop spiritually well. And you want them to develop socially well. And so... Let me tell you that, that if you ever use verses to pray over people or pray through things, this is a powerful verse that I pray on a regular basis for my kids. Lord, let my kids grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. Because it covers all those areas of development for them. I, I don't know everything, but I know that I want my kids to turn out like that. Amen? And so as parents, we have that opportunity. We, we want to pray for them. And so we have to make an effort. We have to pray, but we also have to make an effort on our own to make sure that our kids develop that way. And how do we do that? Well, that's what we're here for, right? To talk about that. And, and I have to be honest with you. I don't have all the answers. I don't know, but I will tell you that my wife are prayerful 
and, and scriptural about how we are raising our kids. We are certainly not perfect. And so today is going to be scriptural, but it's also going to be very practical. I'm going to talk to you about how that's working out in our house, and I'm going to give you some examples. You can choose to keep them or to discard them, but hopefully what it sparks in your heart is a desire to move your kids forward in these five ways we're going to talk about. Move your relationship as a parent forward. No matter what age your kids are at, you can begin today and do some of these things. So here we go. The very first thing that your kids need, every child needs, is time and attention. I know those are two things, but that's the first point, okay? Get over it. Time and attention. Your kids need these two things, and I can't overstate this. Our kids need us to take a genuine interest in their world. They need us to look at them and say, you are valuable. And, and what you are interested in, I can be interested in. And I know this is difficult at some times, especially if you're, you've got kids and they're interested in Justin Bieber. I am not interested in Justin Bieber. I like good music, right? You say, that's going to be a really big stumbling block for me to pay attention to that guy. But if your kid's into Justin Bieber, go along with it. Be interested in what they're interested in. Learn about Justin Bieber. Maybe have conversations with him. I'm not saying make him an idol in your house and worship him or build a shrine. But if your kid is all about it, be excited about what they are excited about. Why? So we can connect with our kids. Think about it. That's how we all connect. Think about the social circles that you're in and why you're in them right now. It's because you have commonality, right? You connect about something. And if you are looking for ways to connect with your kids, get excited about what they're excited about. Look, my kids, have you guys ever heard of the game called Minecraft? Okay, we call it Minecraft around my house, right? Because they lose their ever-loving minds over this game. Now, I have to be honest with you. At first, when I looked at this game and I realized that they were playing and I said, do you guys understand, like, there are games, this is like an 8-bit game. Like, that's digitally, the graphics that are rendered on the screen are horrible. Really, it's like, it's like playing Cubert. you know what I mean? It's just this little block, and I don't understand the draw to it, but my kids love it. So what did I do? I downloaded Minecraft on my device, and I started playing with them. And we, we can play in the same worlds together, and we can build things, and go into survival mode. Like, it's this whole big thing. We spend hours playing Minecraft together socializing together and then I spend hours playing it without them because now I kind of like it so <laughs> what are you going to do you should see some of the things that Derek has built he's way more into it than I am or at least he was just to throw you didn't see that bus coming did you Derek didn't hear it either all right so but my kids are obsessed with this you know I, I don't really enjoy dressing up like a girl uh, this past Halloween excluded you know because I was it, it dressed up like Gert from from ET but uh but in general, I, I, don't, I don't paint my nails and I don't wear makeup, you know, but, but I, I'm willing to let my daughter do that to me. I'm willing to let her practice and to put bows and stuff in my hair and take pictures and share it wherever she wants to. Why? Because that's what she's into, right? That's what she wants to do. When your kids are little, you know, what do they want to do? They want to pop a lot of trouble on a pop bubble, right? Because you know what I'm talking about? There's a few people out there, yeah. They want to get this game called Trouble, and it's got a little bubble, and you push it, and it spins the dice for them, you know, and it's really easy for kids to grasp this game, right? They want to play, and i got to be honest, I have cheated more times than I would like to admit to make the game go a little faster, but it is what they were into. They wanted to play it like every five minutes, so the game lasted like two minutes, and I didn't cheat to win. I just cheated to let them win. Failed again, buddy. I don't know how you're beating me, man. You know what I'm saying? We put the parent face on. Gosh, you're so good at this game. But I was into the into whatever it is that they were into. Why? Because I wanted to connect with our kids. And, and when you do that, you are telling your kids that, that in communicating the message, I like you, I enjoy you, I love our time spent together, and I look forward to that time. Can you think of a greater message to communicate to your kids? 
Now, the danger is, is when you start doing these things that sometimes you do them and, and you are so distracted the entire time that you're doing it, right? Like you're there and you're playing the game, but you're not into it. You're not engaged with it. And they can tell, they can read that kind of stuff. Like maybe you're checking your cell phone every few minutes or checking your Facebook or answering text messages or maybe even talking on the phone while you're doing it with them. Look, your kids can tell when you'd rather be doing something else. The big, the big truth or the, the heartbreaking moment for me was when my son looked at me and said, Dad, I can, I can tell you'd rather be doing something else. Oh, my heart was broke. Because here I am, I took the time and I was sitting with him and yet I was so distracted and so involved somewhere else that he could tell that I didn't really want to be there. And what was I communicating to him? What was I letting him know about my actions? That he wasn't valuable. That I'm really doing this because I have to. You're an obligation to me. I don't really want to be doing this. And so when he said that to me, I took a moment and I repented. And parents, when you find yourself in those situations, take a moment and repent, apologize. Say, you know, I'm sorry, I got a lot on my mind. Or there's this going on, but I'm going to stop right now and you're going to have my full attention. You can do that as a parent. You can stop. You can change. You can shift. You have that ability to, right? Because if you don't, here's what's going to happen. Remember that kids are a gift to you from God. They are a gift for you to enjoy. And if you don't enjoy them, Here's what's going to happen. In a blink of an eye, that child is going to go from being a youth to being a teenager to being an adult. And the time that you would have had to enjoy them will be gone. It will be completely gone. And you will have a lifetime of regrets to live with instead of a lifetime of memories and time that you have spent with your child. They need time from you they need your attention but they also need that time so don't buy into this myth right there's a common common myth that goes across the board and they say well there's this quality of time and there's this quantity time right and you can give them quality time and you don't have to give them quantity and let me tell you something that's a bold-faced lie it's an absolute bold-faced lie your kids need quality time and quantity time and look i know you may give me some pushback here and you may even want to argue with me but the point is, is you don't have the microphone today so we don't get to argue all right and i'm convinced of this that when you get to heaven and you stand before god he's going to tell you that i'm right it is quantity and quality okay that is what matters to your kids and so <clears throat> this is really important here when we look to the scriptures because i said we'll be scriptural we, we see parents getting into the into a debate with the disciples here we're going to be in mark 10 13 through 16 and, uh, and, and they're, kind of, they're kind of arguing with some parents here. And it says, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. And he said to them, let the children come to me. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter into it. Then he took his children in his arms and he, blessed, or he placed his hands on them and he blessed them. So 2,000 years ago, the disciples are communicating a message to the kids that you are a nuisance, you are annoying, you are not worthy, you are unimportant. And Jesus, as he always does, walks right through the stickiness of this whole situation and says, nope, I'm not having that. These kids are valuable. These kids are important. They are worthy of my time. They are worthy of my attention. They are worthy of the quality and the quantity. And so he gives them exactly what they need and tell them that they matter. And, and I'm sure you know this one thing. I'm sure you know that your kids would rather have time and attention from you than your money. If you are underneath the auspices that you need to work and provide money for your kids and experiences for them and clothing for them, but you are not giving them time and attention, you are robbing them of what they need most, period. That is exactly 
what your kid needs. Why do you think your kids like going to grandma and grandpa's house? It's not because they enjoy tapioca pudding or hearing about the latest doctor's appointment. That's not it. Totally kidding, grandparents. I'm kidding. That's not why they go. They go because you have the ability to give them your full attention. They, they have your full attention. There is not much distracting. As grandparents, you are like, it's all about them. And they absolutely love that. And, and I, I understand there's some pushback here because everybody's a little busy, you know. But what are you busy about doing? Is it really, really important? And you say to me, you say, well, you know what? I don't really know how to connect with my kids. I don't, I don't know how to do this. How do I give them time and attention? Here, here's an idea for you, right? The next time you're in a car with your kids, get off your cell phone. You say, well, I'm, but I'm, I'm with my kids. No, you're not. You're with your friends. If you're on your phone texting, please don't text while you drive, but if you're on your phone talking or maybe you're, you're with them and they're at the playground and you're Facebooking or you're, you're chatting with somebody or you're playing a game, look, you are not with your kids. You are with that person or those friends and you are cheating them out of time with you. So try to talk to them. Try to have ongoing conversations with them. Ask them about themselves. Look, kids need that. And, so, and some of you, are, as adults, you're looking at your teenage kids and you're like, I don't even know how to talk to them. How do I talk to these guys? What do we talk about? You ask them a question and you get one word answers. Look, let me, let me be honest with you. It's not your teenager's problem. It's yours. You're asking the wrong kinds of questions. Here's the wrong kind of question. How was your day? Fine. It's a closed-in question. It's a very finite question. My day was good. It's okay. Great. Conversation's over. I asked them how their day was. Maybe you should ask better questions like, hey, what did you enjoy about school today? What did you learn today? Like, I've got kids in, in Chinese and Spanish. I speak, I speak poquito espanol, like just a little bit. That's a little Spanish. And so when he comes home, I can talk to him a little bit, and I can reminisce with him about the words that he's learning, and if he says something wrong, and say, oh, it's, it's with this inflection, I can give him the rolling of the R. Like, I can talk to him a little bit in Spanish. I got another kid who, who comes home, and he talks about Chinese. But I ask him, what did you guys learn in Chinese? You, you know what I've learned from him? Well, what you know? That means I don't know. See, I know enough to get around in Chinese. Like, he starts talking to me. I'm like, well, what you know? I don't know. I have no idea. But I'm talking to my kids and I'm asking them about things. Ask them about their day in ways that makes them, that draws something out of them other than one word answers. If you don't want to have one word conversations with your kids, change the questions that you're asking. That's all you have to do. And look what happens is when you start asking your kids questions like that, they light up like a Christmas tree after the day after Halloween. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, wow, they are so excited to be talking to you. So excited that you are interested in their life. So excited that you are drawing something out of them. And our kids, they grow when they have conversations with adults. That's the only way they're going to learn to talk to adults, right? Because most of the time they think that when an adult wants to talk to them, that they're in trouble, right? You, know, you don't ever get called down to the principal's office unless you've done something wrong, right? And so kids are underneath the impression that every time an adult wants to talk to them, they're in trouble. And as, as the parents, we have the opportunity to fix this. We need to talk to our kids when they're not in trouble. We need to speak to them on a regular basis so that they understand authority is there to help them to grow. Those relationships are there to be beneficial to them. Right? And then, of course, you need to talk to them when they're in trouble as well. But I have to ask you a question. You, you say, well, I'm really busy. I don't know if I can do all these kind of things. Well, that's great. I'm busy too. I understand it. But what is it that you're busy about? Is it the sports show that you need to watch that you're pushing your kids off for? Is it a video game that you're going to play? Is that going to provide you everlasting joy? Or is it that Facebook status you need to pay attention to or somebody's wall you need to creep on? 
I know I pick on Facebook a lot, but it is like the number one time stealer in this life, period. It is not that we don't have time to do the things that we want to do. It's just that we spend it on Facebook, being honest. That's not in my notes. That was free for you. <laughs> but as, as parents, we have to ask ourselves a key question. Who or what am I going to cheat Right? When we think about this as adults, we, we don't really cheat our boss. You know, we go in, we clock in at the time we're supposed to be there, we clock out at the time, we do our job while we're there, you know, unless we're Facebooking, of course. But we, we do our jobs. We don't cheat our bosses of time. We don't cheat our friends of time. We want those relationships to develop, right? We don't, we don't, we don't cheat them. Who, who we more often wind up cheating is our kids. And we say, well, they'll get, they'll get over it. They're kids, you know, they're, they're fine. They understand. And most of the time, your kids will understand. But if you continue in that pattern, you're going to lose your kids because you've cheated on them far too often. You've left them out of your circle. And you will lose your kids. You know, if you're going to cheat on your kids and cheat them out of time with you, it's important that, it, that your kids understand that, hey, maybe it's just going to be for a season. Like the next couple of weeks, my wife and I, we sat down yesterday with the kids or the day before and we said, hey, guys, you know, the new building is, is we're getting ready to move in here going to be a lot of work. We're going to spend a lot of time at the church. And I don't mean that for that to be a bad thing. It's not that you're not important. You really are important to us. But the next few weeks are going to be busy. And you need to understand that we're not going to be as readily available for you as we always are, as we usually are. You are important. This is a season. It'll last a couple weeks. Hang in there. And if you can respect them enough and, sh and talk to them that way, they can engage in that. They can endure that because they understand there's a time frame on this thing. So if you're going to cheat your kids, make sure that you, you talk to them. But above and beyond all, don't cheat your kids. Don't do it if you can help it. Don't cheat them on a regular basis. <coughs> Second thing every kid needs is memories. Good kids have good memories, right? Not, not all are great from, my, from me growing up, but, but most of them are, right? Looking back, I have great family memories. I, I have birthday parties. My parents gave me birthday, great birthday parties every year. Man, we went to Chuck E. Cheese. We went to roller skating. We did all kinds of things. My parents threw big parties for me, which I didn't really, wasn't really thankful for at that time. But now that I'm a parent and we throw parties for our kids, it's a lot of work. That's why I don't do it. I just let my wife do it. <laughs> but it's a lot of work, right? And so there's so much planning, and I'm, I'm super grateful for that because I can look back and say, man, I had great memories of these parties every year, right? I, I can look at the sports and, the, and the, the, my parents have constantly got me to soccer so that I could play. Man, I learned great life lessons on the soccer field. I made great friends, great experiences out there, powerful memories because my parents helped me have those. My parents also made sure we had a pool in our backyard every year. And if we didn't, they took us to the local pool so that we could swim. Why? Because they wanted us to have a fun summertime, right? But we were the most popular kids in the neighborhood when the pool was in the backyard, right? Everybody came over to our house. They all knew who we were. They all wanted to be our friends. Whether they liked us or not, they wanted to go swimming. So we had a great time. And then some of the other things that I, that I remember as a kid is every Friday night, we had TGIF Fridays, right? Or TGIF Fridays. That's what it was. No, I don't mean the restaurant. I mean the TV shows, right? From 8 o'clock. Yeah, oh, yeah. From like 8 o'clock to 9.30, these shows were on. And I always had limited amount of time that I could watch TV. But on Friday nights, oh, buddy, we'd all sit down as a family, and we'd watch, uh, we'd watch uh, Full House, and then we'd watch Family Matters. And then there was that not-so-great show that came on afterwards, but I continued to watch it because I was allowed to, step by step. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we watched it. And, uh, and I remember those things. You know, I remember my mom, she used to put notes in my lunchbox. 
She used to tell me how much she loved me. She also did this one day. She sent me to school with a half-packed lunch, right? So what, what I got was just two pieces of bread, no meat or bologna or, or peanut butter or anything in it. Everything was kind of halfway done. And I got home. I said, Mom, what's the deal with my lunch? And she said, oh, well, you've been doing halfway jobs around the house, so I thought I'd do a halfway job for you. <laughs> I have memories, right? Some of you just, some of you light bulbs just went off. Ding, ding. Okay, I see it. So it's okay to roll that way. I don't know if it's okay to roll that way, but I had bread, I had water, I was fine, you know. <laughs> I, I, I was fine. So the question is, what, what memories are you building for your kids? You know, our life is, is like a museum of memories, right? And when you look around it, it, it contributes to your character, it contributes to your confidence, your convictions, your health, and who you are as an individual. So memories are so important. And if you look through the Bible, God places an incredible emphasis on memory. Look, he's got an entire day in the Old Testament that he set aside and said, this is the Sabbath. This is the day you will do nothing but remember me. Memories are important. He said throughout the year, you're going to have festivals. You're going to remember what I've done for you. When the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan into the Promised Land, they built a monument on the side of the riverbanks. They put two or 12 huge stones and they put them there as a monument to the, the fact that the river parted and they walked across on dry land. Why? Because years from then, they wanted other generations to remember what God had done, whether they were there or not. Memory is an important thing. It shapes us. It shapes who we are. It shapes what we believe. It's very spiritual in its significance. So what will your kids remember about you? Are you the mom who is always nagging or are you the mom who likes to play? Are you the dad who is always gone or are you the dad who is who was uh, there when your kids were around. Are you the kind of parents who always fight or are you the ones who love each other? Grandparents. Are, are you the grandpa who's a grouch? You know, I know kids whose grandpa, they don't call him grandpa, they call him grumpy. That's his name to them because he's grumpy. Right? Grammy and grumpy. So who are you going to be as a grandparent? Another way that you, one of the greatest ways that you can help build memories in your kid's life is to build in traditions, things that you do every year. You know, it's one thing to say, do you guys remember that one time we did that? Or it's another thing to say, every year we did this. And you build memories with those kids. For us in our house, some of those things of the Halloween thing is something we start planning like 30 days before it even happens. What are we going to do this year? We got a pen and paper and we do design and my kids love it because we scare people. You know, my, my kid's been a scarecrow that chases people off our porch sometimes. Full body harness and hanging from the ceiling. Like it's just so much fun. It's a tradition we have at my house. It's a tradition. Every year we go on vacation. When I was a kid, my parents took us to Florida. Now that I'm an adult and I've got kids, guess where I take them? We go to Florida. We hang out every year. We have a tradition when great movies come out or epic movies come out. We always go to those movies and we see them on the big screen or in 3D or whatever. We always go together and we wait on each other, painfully so sometimes. So that all of our schedules come together and we can go to see this movie. Sometimes we'll go to the midnight showing. Put the kids to bed at 9 o'clock. Wake them up at 11 o'clock. Let's go to the movie. We, we have these traditions. And you can build great memories in your kids if you're willing to create some traditions in your life. These past three years, I've done summer science with dad. And if you look on my Facebook, you can see all these videos. I did uh, dry ice and bubbles. And, and, and I did this, this crossbow you can make out of clothespins. It was probably more for me. But you could light a match and shoot a flaming match. It was awesome. It was great. I'm such, I'm such a weirdo. I'm sorry. But we were having so much fun. And, and most of these things didn't cost me very much to do. I know the movies cost money. And I get your pushback. You're like, yeah, it doesn't fit in my budget. Look, 
Your kids don't need something that costs an arm and a leg. You know what they need? You. They need you to care enough, to be concerned enough to try. To be creative enough to say, hey, I don't have any money, but we can make some memories today. Build a fort out of blankets and pillows. Do something with your kids. How many of you guys' parents did that with you? Build forts out of blankets and pillows. And, and it wasn't complete unless you had a fan, right, to blow the blanket up? Yes! And you'd sleep in that tent and wake up and you couldn't talk in the morning, but it was perfect. Maybe it's just me. You know, when it comes to these memories, you know, record them, videotape them, and then revisit them, laugh and reminisce together about them. Facebook is great for that, by the way, because of the timeline feature. That's just a tip. Go back and, and look at it at the end of the year and follow your timeline around and look at the pictures and the videos that you've done with your kids. It's a great way to reinforce things. Take vacations. Look, you have no excuse for why you can't create memories with your kids. No excuses. Money shouldn't be an issue. Be creative. It just has to be with you. That's all your kids care about. So make memories with your kids. The third thing kids need, they all need words of affirmations. Our words have the power to build kids up or to destroy them. Ephesians 4.29 says don't use foul, that says fool, but it should say foul, or abusive language, it's my bad, I typed it wrong. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Look, we're all drawn to people who like us, right? Who like us, who encourage us, who inspire us. We want to be around people like that, right? And your words have like the greatest impact in your kids' lives. So how are you using your words? Are your words driving your kids away from you or are they drawing them in to you you know every time they get around you can they can they not wait until they get to leave your presence because you're constantly tearing them down you're constantly it's a boo parade on them or are you their biggest cheerleader are you somebody that is speaking life into their life you know and here's here's just a thought the temptation is is when your kids start misbehaving that you want to put them on blast on facebook or or tell your friends you you would not believe what they have done look resist that temptation guard your relationship your kids hear you doing that, it destroys them. It destroys them because you're airing their dirty laundry. And I know, I know none of us would appreciate that about ourselves, right? So just, just a thought. Spare your kids that indignity. Keep it to yourself. Our negative thoughts about our kids should never be aired. So what are your, your words doing? It's important that you know the answer to this. How are you speaking to them? Are you, are you, are you categorizing them? Are you constantly comparing them to other siblings? Are you labeling them? And labeling, look, labeling is like one of the worst things you can do for a kid. If you tell them you have no common sense, or you're a liar, or, or even the opposite of, of you're beautiful, or you are so, this is the smart kid. Like, you know, putting labels on your kids. Do you know why? Because putting labels on a kid put a, puts them on a, on a pedestal, for good or for bad. And they have to live up to that pedestal that you put them on. They feel like they have to be the kid who's getting straight A's all the time. And that is intense pressure that they have to live under. And when they don't get an A and they get a B or they get a C, their world gets shattered because of the label that you have put on them. Or maybe you say, well, my daughter is the most beautiful in the land. Well, what if your daughter gets bit in the face by a dog? Is her whole world going to be shattered because she's no longer the most beautiful girl in the land because she's got a scar on her lip? What, what happens? I know I know. you're like, man, that's extreme, but, but think about that. But think about what's happening. Their world will come crumbling down. Or if they constantly believe that they're a liar, there's no hope in either situation, good or for bad, when you put a label on your kids. 
there is no hope for change. And that is something that completely goes against the Bible. There is hope for change. There is hope always. And so avoid using labels. Instead of using labels, maybe compliment the process that got them to the place that you want to compliment. Hey, your focus was intense, man. You were awesome out there on the soccer field today. You can really tell that you've been putting in a lot of practice. Or, hey, I love your outfit. It's very creative today. You look beautiful in that. I love how you coordinated the colors or maybe the lack of color coordination that day. I don't know. Whatever you want to compliment. But compliment that process. Don't put a label on your kids. Avoid that. Your words are impactful. Proverbs 12, 18 says, Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. More than any other force in this world, your words shape your kids. The last two things your kids need physical affection physical affection and responsibility look I don't care what age your kid is but ever since they were young your kids have needed hugs and kisses they have needed fist bumps they have needed high fives your kids need that from you physical affection displays to them in greater ways than you can even understand it lets them know exactly how you are feeling about them right then and there For my kids, it doesn't matter if I'm giving them discipline. If I discipline them, I always hug them and I let them know, hey, I love you. That's why I do this. Because I love you. You say, that's a confusing signal. No, it's not. There are consequences in this world. They need responsibility. They need to understand that they are responsible for themselves. And so when they give consequences, I can still hug them and let them know, hey, I love you. And you know, your kids, they they, they say that your kids will grow out of all that physical affection, you know, the hugs and the kisses. And my kids are 12 and 11, and I still give them a hug and kiss every night. I hope they never grow out of that. And if they don't give me a hug and kiss and they go to bed, there's something wrong there. And I break through that barrier. As the adult, I go to them and I find them. I'll wake them up. Hey, you didn't give me a hug or a kiss. Come here. It means the world to them to let them know that I love them that much. That I would stop what I'm doing and find them and hug and kiss them. Your kids need physical affection. Give it to them as long as they'll let you give it to them. Give it to them in any way that they will give, let you give it to them. In ways that are appropriate. Always. And you'll need to balance that and figure that out. But your kids also need responsibility. I think in this current culture, we have removed the responsibility from kids. Nobody is responsible for their actions anymore. Well, it's not your fault. You're a product of your environment or you just couldn't help it. That's why you're cheating on your spouse or this or that. You would, we take responsibility off of everybody. Nothing is your fault anymore. To be honest with you, that is so counter the way it should be at all. We are all responsible for our own actions. And kids need to learn that. You say, well, how do they learn that? Well, you, you know, this goes beyond chores. This goes beyond that kind of responsibility. They need to have consequences. You say, well, what kind of consequences are you talking about? I don't really want to get into that with you today. We, we, we can privately talk about that if you want to, if you're not sure how that should work out. But they need to understand that when they behave in a certain way, there are consequences. And that's just life. We talked about it last week. I said, if you don't pay your car note, they're going to come take your car, right? They need to understand that they are responsible for that. You say, well, they should really become responsible when they're adult. Okay, fine. When do kids become an adult? Read the back of a bare aspirin bottle, and it says that they become an adult when they're 12, right? They're no longer in the kid category. Go to the movies and let them see a PG-13 movie. They've got to be 13. Or if they want to drive a car, they've got to be 16. If you want to sign up and go into the military, you've got to be 18. Or if you want to get drunk and go drink, you've got to be 21. Or if you want to rent a car you got to be 25. On the far end of that, 
is if you go try to book a flight from here to New York and you take a two-year-old with you, they're going to charge you for a full adult seat. So the airlines tell you that they are an adult at two. So we've got this range of two to 25 winter kids and adult. I'll tell you when. When they're old enough to accept responsibility for themselves. For their own actions, rather. Because that's what maturity is. Acceptance. Acceptance of responsibility. My kids, it is the biggest lesson I teach them. When they get into a fight, you know, well, she said this and then I hit her. Look, you are responsible for your choice. You chose to hit her. She didn't make you do that. You don't get to blame her. You don't get to point a finger. You just get to go, I did it. This is what I did in response. And those are the kind of conversations we have with our kid. You want to see your kids be responsible? Talk to them like that. You say, well, that's pretty mean. That's really cruel. No, it's not. I think it's cruel to not teach them responsibility. So look, guys, these, these are the things. And I have so much more in my notes, so I'm just going to close now. These ki- kids need these five things. They need our time. They need our attention. They need memories. They need words of affirmation. You need to build them up. They need physical affection and they need responsibility. And all of this is on us as parents. Remember I said last week, you are not responsible for your kids. You are responsible to your kids. This is what you're responsible for. All of this is on you to give them these things. This will require selflessness on your part. To lay down your life. To lay down your wants, your desires. To make sure that they have these five things. I believe we can do it. And I believe we can make a difference in our kids' lives. No matter what age they're at. Some of you are really great at these things. And some of you are like, man, I've got some work to do. No matter where you're at on that spectrum. My prayer is that we can all improve as parents. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day and I thank you for this congregation, Lord. I thank you for your word that speaks into our hearts and lives, Lord, as parents, some of us as as kids, some of us as grandparents, some of us as, as, as potential parents, or even just the potential to have influence in other kids' lives. Lord, I just pray that we would learn to live lives where we can give our kids these five things, to give them time and attention, to give them affection, to give them all that they need to help them develop to be more like Jesus where they're growing mentally physically, spiritually and socially. God challenge us and help us as parents to be creative to find ways to make all of this fit within our own realms and our own world. God do a great work in us and raise up a strong generation 